everybody, welcome back to Forbidden Cinema. We are going deeper this week on Showgirls. Hello. I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. And um, I'm going to probably just take it away unless you've got anything else. You are the man with the plan as well as all the facts. I have about 15 pages with no real plan. This could (laughs) be a mess. I feel like generally when I do these, I kind of have an overarching kind of story. Mm-hmm. I just have anecdote after anecdote and fact after fact, and we'll just start throwing things out there. Well, if you just shout them really loud and shove french fries in your face, then it's fine. <laughs> That's what this movie is all about. So I'm really trusting you in this one to really banter me and to all really right. produce the story. No of this pressure, episode. no pressure. Uh, Side note, and and also very relevant, what drink did you make me? (laughs) (laughs) Are you familiar with the Difference Guide for Discerning Drinkers? The Difference Guide. No. It's kind of the go-to for cocktail recipes. Okay. Uh, This is a drink actually made by or invented by Difford. Oh, wow. This is uh, Sandy the Showgirl. Ah. So we have tequila, mezcal, maraschino liqueur. Agave syrup and lavender bitters. Oh wow, that's an interesting combo. So uh, drink up, me hearties, yo ho. Aye. Get a little bit of the smokiness of the mezcal. Okay. Um, we're not using maybe the proper tequila for this. I don't have a lot of tequila, so we're just having rock tequila. So <laughs> <laughs> it might be a little sweeter than the original recipe would call for. Oh, I like it. It's interesting. It it, it has some of the profile so i'm a huge gin fan and i love 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 an aviation and so that has uh the maraschino maraschino liqueur and i feel like come to violet which yes yes probably is kind of like a lavender kind of violet flavor. Lavender yeah. bitters. i feel like you're in the same yeah you're, you're in the same like i'm having a bath bomb and then i'm going to bed kind of <laughs> kind of territory there <laughs> right 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 uh, but yeah, this is just makes it a little bit more Southwest. <laughs> Olé! So like researching mixology of Las Vegas, it's not pretty. It's like drunk man drinking beer at Slot Machine and Jack Daniels and nothing wrong with beer and Jack Daniels. But it, it, it does not seem to be a place known for its exciting mixology. No. Which is a little disappointing since we went on our dive bar tour of Las Vegas Right, we did, which was super, super cool. So, yeah, we hit up. We went to Vegas with some friends. Um, I think feel like we've talked about this before, but we, like, rolled back and omitted because we still love those friends. And <laughs> I think we shouted out Brandon. We should probably see if we could link him. Yeah, that's because it was a really fun tour. I mean, that was a while ago. It was... It was the start of my love of Tiki. Yeah. It was very much... You know, I'm a huge Fallout player for uh, for you video gamers out there. It, you know, we went to the Atomic Lounge where they would watch right. Atomic Tests. So there was very much a Fallout New Vegas vibe going on there. It's one of the best times I've ever had. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. And we, we drank our way through the <laughs> through old Vegas. Old we, we Vegas. Ended up it was at, not shiny at all. No, no. <laughs> and then we... And then we hit up some slot machines and we were ordering whatever rot gut stuff there was. And I think that's kind of the point. Everybody in Vegas is kind of busy. Yes. You're like drinking and. <laughs> and so. I you- feel like we bought one drink in Vegas the entire time we were there. I think like we went to the Golden Nugget and we actually went to the bar and got a couple of old fashions. I think other than that, it was just like. What do you got? You know, Pretty to the much. cocktail waitress. Pretty much. I mean, our, it, our friends that we went there with were they getting Bailey's and they went to Starbucks <laughs> and made their own. Yes, they did. They did. They really just wanted coffee and they were like, <laughs> uh, "Yeah, we'll get a shot of Bailey's." Um, but right, yeah. So yeah, I think it's like you're. It's it's productive drinking. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but you're busy. You got stuff to do. Like like, let's get it. Let's keep drinking. We don't need to dill dally around like all these little fancy bitters and mixology and maybe some hangover cures like some various uh, bloody mary or the like could be vegas drinks yeah i could think champagne whiskey i don't know i mean that's what i I was just it's like because i kind of a tendency to think that when you're dealing with probably cheap stuff the cheap champagne is way better than any other cheap wine if you're on an airplane and you want wine Get the champ. We get the spark. Mm-hmm. It's not champagne, but get get the spark. Get we, we, we've all seen Wayne's World. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> right, 
Right. Just give the sparkling. It's going to be better than, you know, I'm a wine snob. I mean, not like super, Spoiler super. alert. There's a look back on uh, Showgirls in an issue of Playboy. Who the cover model is Tia Carrera from Wayne's World. Love it. Yeah. Had no idea that she was over 40 and, and doing a Playboy shoot. So. I love it. I love it. I love her. She's a lot of fun. Welcome to Hollywood. Yes. Do you – I don't really have much to say about that besides, like, we needed a welcome to Vegas and we didn't get it. That's exactly – I didn't say it in the last episode, but that definitely – I had that vibe and that feel. We needed that, a troubadour for this movie. We did. We had a bookend, and I think that that's why I felt that mm. because the same thing with Pretty Woman. You've got the welcome to Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard. You've got, yeah, exactly your troubadour, your – which makes me think of Gilmore Girls. They have it to like your resident <laughs> troubadour on the corner. But yeah, the, the person who greets you and they also escort you out, so to speak, um, at the end of the movie. So same thing. I mean, he's a dirtbag. And I guess that falls right in line with being Vegas. He's just making <laughs> making the drive, lost LA, uh, Vegas, and swindling people both ways. But yeah, I feel like we needed some sort of, I don't know. But also too, and we didn't talk about, we talked about her being on the billboard, but we did not talk about these billboards. Mm. She, I'm sorry, she looks like she should be in the best little whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> it's like this like hair up and like this big poofy off the shoulder thing. That is not what this show is about. If you were attracting people to this show called Goddess where everyone is topless and naked and like just rhinestones and stuff, um, and then there's leather and motor- motorcycles, that is not the antebellum vibe that they're throwing out on these billboards. I mean, the crazy eyes are right. Crazy eyes are totally right on the billboards. But (laughs) um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I really think that Trey McDougal is falling down on his director of creative whatever. Yes. (laughs) No, he does not know how to market this show. So the next thing I have is if I were to tell you that this was the best-selling DVD from MGM of all time, how would that resonate with you? So Showgirls from MGM Studios. MGM Studios. This is their best-selling DVD of all time. Hmm. I would think that there was a small window of time where MGM Studios did not involve themselves in DVDs as much as other people. I would think that it's a fluke. See, I just think this is the sign of the times. This is, I mean, this would have come out on DVD in early DVD, 98, 99, probably. Mm-hmm. This is pre when you could probably just go on the internet and see Elizabeth Berkeley naked. True. And this is how you did that. I guess so. I mean, inquiring minds want to know. They do. They And it's worth the price of a DVD. We've lost something in that. We, we, we've gained other things. But. <laughs> have we really? And have we really lost? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that we're better off on, on any of that. You don't think that. culturally we're, we're better off or worse off now? You can't see my face. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are abysmally, which is not a word, neutral. <laughs> I don't know. I think there there's something to be said there about nostalgia and about longing and I think somebody smarter than me could probably say it. But I'm just a guy watching Showgirls. So. You think it should be like Norman Mailer or Samantha yes. Shortcake? I definitely feel like Norman <laughs> Mailer could say this well. Norman Mailer, who is in, I was flipping through, we may, I don't think we're going to do Caligula, but we might actually watch the making of Caligula. And Norman Mailer is heavily featured in that. Really? Yes. That's interesting. Yes. Okay. It's lots of 1979 pop journalists and people who are trying to be cool. We do need to see it just because Bob Guccione and his 75 gold chains and open up shirt is going to be very Doug Renetti. So love some Doug Renetti. That's completely off the subject, but uh, y'all, if you haven't if you haven't crossed over yet, check out Minx on HBO Max. It's got all 10 episodes ready to binge, ready for you. Watch it. We want a season two. Um, you can listen to our our shows up to now uh, that we are watching in a responsible adult-like 70s retro way. One episode, one week at a time. Uh, but we're loving it. It's fantastic. So we're going to take the consideration that Jesse Spano, probably in an alias, probably not her real name, but has played one character throughout cinema history. I believe that. Okay. I believe that 100%. So if we're to believe that, then I'm assuming Zach Morris is the same character? 
I think that that is possible too. Okay, okay. Uh, well, just let's assume, looking back at Good Morning Miss Bliss. Yes. It's set in Indiana. Right. This so if is we're true. to believe that Zach, Screech, Lisa, and Mr. Belding all, all end up moving at the same time to Bayside. And maybe there was some natural disaster and, or I don't the, know. The plant closed down or something. Yes. Something that was employing everyone. <laughs> Move them all to Bayside. All to Bayside where they met Jesse and things got wild. Quite. We did discuss like the major role that, uh, she had after this film was as like hooker number two in any given Sunday and looking to see like, where is any given Sunday? Where is any given Sunday? Like it's set in Miami. Boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take your sunglasses off. Nobody can see it. It's a not a visual medium. We both took our sunglasses off. Horatio, your wife is approaching. <laughs> And the next wife and we only I think we only know her as his ex-wife. Okay, okay. It's it's Cray. Does she have a scar? I don't know. Like a massive facial scar and Bobby was a racist? Wait, there's a song. Yes, they were all in love with I and they were doing it in Texas. Yes. Sorry, I'm going to try that karaoke this year now that okay. karaoke's back. Okay. We'll see what happens. So we get into what did Jesse pass up on to do this? We're talking about the new class. Mm-hmm. And you thought that uh, Kirsten Warren kind of replaced her, not the new class, I'm sorry, uh, the college years. Well, she that is re- different. That is very different. Right. She didn't, she replaced her as in that she replaced her as A.C. Slater's love interest. Mm-hmm. But she didn't replace her in terms of the actual character. Right. She's like very flighty. She's an actress. In fact, she belongs probably in Friends. Um, but She probably does. She yeah. probably does. So uh, she was also in Independence Day. She's really been a working actress for the last probably 30 years. I didn't find any real standout roles. Good on her. Probably best known for Saved by the Bell, the college years, and Independence Day. Her daughter was about 14 or so when Saved by the Bell, college years, came out. Wow. She looks fan-freaking-tastic. Well, she did have a child at 15. Oh, okay. Oh, that, that there's, You got to, like, set that up better. Like, that's sorry, a drastic, wild, like, you know. But that's, that's not the vibe you get from her in Independence no, Day. No, but she's a, a, the mother of a 14-year-old? Yes. No. Her daughter, uh, Misty Trya, is the girl that Ted Mosby loses his virginity to. In no. How I Met Your Mother. Are you serious? Yes. The one that's like, hey, do you have 20 Whether, bucks? Yes. yes. <laughs> that's her daughter. That's amazing. <laughs> I think she had something like 25 years between her first and second daughter. Oh, wow. So I just thought that was such that's a That's so funny. It's like, oh, yeah. As they're like in the lobby of the Empire State Building telling the story about. Yes. And Barney's stories. Oh, Barney's story. But basically, like, it's mom's friend, like, <laughs> well, but like Cougar Town. Did anybody ever put it in a corner? Oh, no, God, no. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you did not even notice that I said that Dennis Leary was in uh, Tales from the Crypt, Bordello of Blood. It's actually Dennis Miller. That would have been a very different movie. <laughs> very. That That would be the referee. Yes. <laughs> so the history of showgirls. I didn't find a lot. I found a few documentaries. I found a couple of books. Most of them are written by ex-showgirls, and most of them are just really mad that people associate them with strippers. It's pretty much everything was kind of written pre-2010. It's It doesn't really hold up very well. It's a weird spot. Like, it's... I think I respect them both for high skill. Yes, yes. I think that strippers are probably skilled more, they're more athletic, slightly, if you're dealing with a pole. But being a dancer on on any level, you have to be incredibly athletic. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of mental and physical work. And when you're taking your top off, then it it makes it complicated. It it complicates things. I think they do say that... uh, in Vegas boot camp for the shows like Jubilee or the Follies Berger that they would eat about 5,000 calories a day during boot camp. I believe it. And yeah, you're that's... you're running so hard, like probably sweating profusely nonstop. Those costumes have to be disgusting. <laughs> the best quote I came across was, it costs a lot of money to dress a naked woman. <laughs> 
Yeah, most of those costumes are that. between seventy and ninety thousand dollars. What all those feathers yes, and everything? Yes. I thought about this and I didn't mention it in our in the actual episode. So there was a Halloween that I wanted to be a showgirl. Mm. I don't know why, but my mother made a feather headdress. Okay, like small scale, but. I'm- cautiously curious <laughs> i was thinking about it actually today like i've i know there are photos somewhere but who even begins to know I how to find complicated that feelings about this like i have complicated emotions <laughs> on like where did the desire to do that come from who was like who signed off on this and who like made it happen i mean i know because there was only a handful of people involved in it but mm-hmm. uh, yeah that was definitely a thing like i went and trick-or-treated as a showgirl. Wow. I don't know. I mean, it had to have been from some sort of old 40s or 50s oh, movie. Oh, they were huge in, in old Hollywood movies. Yeah. I mean, we watched a ton of that. I mean, so it had to come from that. But the fact that my mom was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, this is not a problematic <laughs> thing at all. So basically, the history of the showgirl, it comes from Paris. Uh, the first Vegas showgirl was 1941. Generally, the showgirls would be dancing around the headlining act. Okay. Uh, 1957, uh, Follies de Berger was the first topless showgirl in Vegas. That's crazy to think of. 57? That's... Yeah, but that feels right. It, 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 I guess... I don't know. I was not raised to think that ladies were topless in 57. What are you saying? I'm not saying I was raised was, to think that ladies were topless. It was two years seven. after Back to the Future. There was no top. <laughs> like ladies never took their tops off ever. That's like, not true. We know Lorraine got around. <laughs> that was she was she was like ugh, hitting the, the old lady's liquor cabinet and she was living her life. And 1957, it is a high for Las Vegas. That is the highest, highest mob space. Yes, there's a lot mob. of vices happening, and yes. so that makes perfect sense. But that uh, in 2016, Jubilee, the final showgirl show, ended its 35 year run. That's sad. It really is. I said, like Vegas, call me. Let's let's get this. There's lots of Cirque du Soleil's. There's lots of carrot tops, and there's lots of strip shows. But I feel like. I don't want to downplay the strip shows, but I feel like there's room for a showgirl show. Like, let's, yeah, let's figure this I out. Yeah, I think Vegas, it sounds awesome. Something super nostalgic. It feels like something that Lady Gaga could coolly headline okay. and, and spearhead. What do you think? No, I could I could see that. I, I'm a little it's disappointed kitsch. in Cher for not doing that. I mean, but Cher's already worn headdresses. Yeah. Like, when yeah. You've, I'm a firm believer as... Hey, Christina, what you doing, girl? What you doing? A, she's doing burlesque. It's different. Um, we can different. make it happen. Okay. It's different. Uh, but I'm a firm believer as an adult woman that once you've already participated in a trend, you do not have to redo it. And Cher is photographed wildly wearing feather headdresses. Okay. So she's okay. done with that. But I mean, we could reintroduce them as flanking the headliner. And then maybe like when the person leaves the residency, well, hey, we got all these ladies that are really good at dancing. Like, let's, I'm let's a fan. Restart I think it would review. be fantastic. I would be totally down for it. In 2016, when Jubilee closed, the uh, dancers were making about $50,000 a year, had 401k and health insurance. Love it. So, I hate I missed out on those rollovers. Yes. Uh, pretty much all of them were classically trained dancers. Yeah, I would uh, imagine so. As we so. discussed, that, yeah. Um, they were discouraged from hanging out on the strip. They pretty much stayed all to North Vegas when they were off off duty. No tattoos allowed whatsoever on a showgirl up to 2016. That might be a problem. I, but I forward. think you go with a whole – you have a different vibe now. I mean, yes. in, in all industries, you have a different vibe now. Um, Post-pandemic, we're coming back. They're, you know, I, I think that tattoos can have its, its whole space. I mean, I think that there's definitely – I would imagine that the space of women that are trained enough in a dancer space have beautiful tattoos. Yes, yes. I don't think that they have. There's probably one or two that got like a Tasmanian devil on the ass cheek, but I don't think so. Not not now. Not now. And no shade, no shade to like the love of my life, Nicole Byer. She will gladly talk about how dumb and random her tattoos are. <laughs> I don't think that that's what hap- is happening when someone who is a dancer who is showing off their body like regularly feel chooses like people a tattoo. Have tattoos with a plan now. I well no uh, that's not all the time but when someone is showing their body off on a regular space yes it's planned and um I'm sorry babe 
you meet most of the your. Sorry, I looked up measurements, but your measurements kind of fit. Your dance background kind of fits. I'm too short. Yeah, the shortest showgirl allowed in any thing ever in the history of Vegas was five eight. Most places had showgirls that were five ten to six two. I know that. <laughs> I know so, that. I. So sorry, your your showgirl dreams. My showgirl dreams. Like I, I'm. I I barely could have made it. So like the the sliding slope of rockets. <laughs> I wasn't too far off to being the end rocket. Okay. Okay. Um. But I I don't. I'm a little more built like. A, a WWE diva than I am. <laughs> like, not divas anymore. The women's revolution, babe. Whatever. Then I am like a rockhead. Okay. And yes. I recognize this. It's fine. Charlotte Flair would body slam you for saying diva. She would not. She doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> it's all the same. Can we go back? Just I'm so happy that when I said Ted Mosby, and you like the twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that you remembered that. <laughs> Oh, because the story is so great. Like his story is that he's kind of the asshole, and he asks her for money. But the real thing is, she asks him for money. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I did buy and watch on Amazon. You don't know me. Okay. What is Which that? Which is a documentary about the history of this movie and how it's kind of gotten a second oh, life. Oh, you don't know me. Know N O M I. Okay. I remember seeing a clip of, or something. We were looking at something like that. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Probably the biggest point anybody has made is they kind of view that as high camp and, you know, that, that's fine. That's fine. What they said is this is what happens in a movie where every character posed with a choice makes the wrong choice. Every single time, except Gina Gershon. She makes the right choice every time. Interesting. Kind of a cautionary tale, of a, a morality play, if you will. I believe that. I mean, Molly. Molly picks she her up. She saves Nomi. She, she saves invites Nomi. this monster into this her house. whirlwind Tasmanian devil, speaking of Tasmanian devils, <laughs> into her life. I agree with that. Does Kyle MacLachlan make a good choice in the movie? No. But does Gina Garshawn make a good choice in the movie? What's the good choices? She makes... She's getting out. She's rich and she's getting out. That's her overall arching choices. I'm not certain about – if that's her end-all game plan, let's roll she's back and – She's inviting the young lioness in who's going to take her place. And she's playing her. And she is – I hesitate to use the word grooming her. That is a dangerous game. Also a, in a brilliant short story, but a dangerous game. And like I said, exactly in the in the actual episode, a lot of things have to fall into place. She is not, she's, Nomi is so easily manipulated. Yes, yes, yes. For Gina Gershon to be making all the right choices to eventually have her overall arching plan. And I'm using hand gestures wildly <laughs> for it to start with, Here's Wearing this crazy a very dancer. Loose crop top. Uh, just, hey girl. Whatever. And then have it all to be that this person is eventually going to be driven to violence by my action so that it will allow me to end my career on a high note. On a high note. And a financial upside. <laughs> she didn't have to fade away. That is a big play. <laughs> so I call a little bullshit on that. I'm I'm still not convinced that this is a masterpiece of, of high art. No, and my I've been thinking in and total full disclosure because y'all are loyal. If you're listening, I, I got some I got some posts to make, but I've been thinking about this, and it's like it's basically either it is. Um, you said all about Eve, and every review I've seen has said this is basically just all about Eve gone wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's about. I mean, All About Eve is all about the ingenue taking the high stars place. But with this, you know, thinking about what what is this movie? Either it's high camp that I don't get, and I'm kind of not willing to accept that because I think I'm pretty good at picking that shit up. But it's either high camp, the birth of a serial killer, or the the uh, lifelong musings and adventures of Jesse Spano. I mean, that's what we're dealing with here, I really feel like. 
But you did say that you thought she was generally a poor actress. Elizabeth and Berkley? Yes, I, I think I do. your exact phrase was someone else would have figured out how to use her. Yes, I did say that. But my comeback is because almost that exact same thing was said by a critic in 1995, 96. Miss Sculling. And then the re- response to that was saved by the bell. Hundreds of episodes of someone figuring out exactly how to use her. But episodic soap opera for teens is not the same thing exactly as that's film. what i think i i i'm not trying to say when i said what i said to say that she is just cannot be used she was fantastic there are tons of people who know her work she is known i can we can say jesse spano and you know who we're talking about that is huge to have that kind of cultural impact and familiarity I mean, she pre-Gunthered Gunther, Gunther uh, characters that are iconic, that everybody knows. Oh, pre. I mean, because she was an actual character. Gunther was so side note. I mean, I don't know, honestly, if Gunther would have been as impactful if he didn't have that hair. Mm. It was just so recognizable. But I'm just saying in terms of her making this move... She was great at what she did in that space, and she then returned to that space, um, but really kind of faltered in figuring out how she was as a woman because she played this teen girl with this teen angst and this teen issues for so long. And then she does this, and it it's such a huge opportunity that Jesse Spano cracked. <laughs> this is too big. This is too big. This is a, this is an overachiever's nightmare. Right. She Having dropped out of Stanford after a first semester and <laughs> Right, exactly. She comes and she does this and this is just too big. Her headlining this Do we ever meet Jesse Spano's parents? Mm. We meet Zach Morris's dad. It's like three different actors over the years. Right, right, right. Nobody cares. <laughs> Um, we meet Slater's dad. Uh, I feel like we meet. No, I don't feel like we do. No, we meet Lisa's parents. I think possibly, and I know that we meet at least maybe one of Kelly's parents. We meet. We definitely meet um, because Ruth Buzzy is uh, Screech's mom. Mm-hmm. I know that for sure. Watched a lot of laughing as <laughs> a kid, but I don't know that we meet Jesse's Jesse's parents. But this is a huge move, and I feel like I'm bummed that it was too much too soon. Mm-hmm. Because as an overachiever, like I get it, like you you know that you're ready, you think that you're ready, and like it was like oh no, imposter syndrome all over the place. And this could have been done so well, and that's what I think. Like if really in this space, she was operating on the full camp level, like John Waters camp level. John Waters would have figured out a way to use her. Someone else would have figured out a way to use her more effectively and said like, okay, I get this wasn't, this didn't go as well as we thought, but the problem was her. It wasn't everybody else. Everybody else was doing the work. She was working super hard. There was a lot of fucking choreography to learn. Like, you got to choose one thing or another. Like, you were either, like, physically involved in this movie or mentally involved in this movie. And I don't think she could do had done both. I think that uh, Roger Ebert, in his review of this, said something along the lines of that this movie is bad, not so much because no one has talent, but it's bad because just about everybody in this movie does have talent and they still did this. Yeah, that's what's disappointing. Everyone in this movie could... It just... Then I, I really truly blame it on Verhoeven and who else, else is the other person? Verhoeven and Esther Haas. Yeah, kind of, I really uh, blame it on them because they're leading the charge. All of these people we have seen been successful in other spaces. Yeah, there's, there's a script here that could work. It needed some tweaking. It, it, it needed it some tweaking. And I was literally listening to How Steven, Did This Get Made, the, that they did a, a like little like re, re-launch of No Holds Bar and talking <laughs> about Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon getting this script and saying no and holding themselves up for 72 hours in a hotel room and rewriting the script. I don't know. Stephen <laughs> King still works with an editor, people. Right. Like, no... You cannot be the end-all, be-all. Like, we are all... Yes. There's a reason Harry Potter 7 is, like, 
4,000 pages. Right. Nobody she reined her big. in. Nobody to, to say no to. Nobody reined her in. Right. We Everyone needs a check. Everyone needs someone who says, like, dude. Everybody needs a kid, an Emperor's New Clothes kid. Yes. Yes. Well, this movie did not need an Emperor's New Clothes kid because they Everybody were not was playing. already naked. Yes. Someone needed to be like, should we have some clothes? <laughs> We we needed, we needed a, a costumer. We needed an emperor's costumer. <laughs> we needed a making the cut. Like, where's Tim? Tim Gunn. Where's Tim Gunn. Tim Gunn. We needed you in this movie. <laughs> he said, "Oh no, you're gonna send her out wearing that? <laughs> Absolutely not." Um, next thing I have are strip club laws. Okay. Anything you got before that? Nope. Fired at me. All right. So Nashville. Three feet away, 18 inches off the floor, BYOB. BYOB? Yeah, no alcohol served in strip clubs in Nashville. But you can bring it? Yes. Huh. huh. Brown bag the crap out of that. How do they make money? I don't get it. I don't know, because I would have thought the alcohol is where you make the money. Exactly. Interesting. So, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I dancers of deja vu or... What other 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 places? There, um, there's the, a wild. Uh, no, not wild horse. That's the, the crazy horse. Crazy or whatever. horse. Like, there's the new hustlers. I'm really kind of curious as to how the economics work in Nashville. Yeah, I, I don't feel like the club must charge you so much of your tips. That it, is it worth? I don't know. I, I'm really curious. I don't know how no the club idea. would make their money for the real estate costs that we have. It, it does not seem like a a viable, a viable model. business model mm, at all, which is a bummer. You know, <laughs> like you, you you want that to be there. You just want it to be over there. You know? <laughs> uh, New York law in uh, 2001, kind of Juliana era, that no more than 40% of any business can be dedicated to adult content. What does that mean? Basically a zoning law. So I guess this this law has eventually been struck down. But at the time when it was being enforced, you had bookstore slash strip club or steakhouse slash strip club Ooh, or fine steak. dining restaurant slash strip club. We did see it. Where were we? Atlanta. Uh, we were looking no, at, at. No, 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 no. We flew in someplace and there was like Rebecca's. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That was in Orlando. That was in Orlando. I, I did not look up Orlando for this. But yeah, it was like Rebecca's like steakhouse and like showgirl review. It was weird. It, it <laughs> I'm looked, sorry, I did not. Look that's that okay. Up. That's okay. It definitely looked like space wise, like something that belonged in Branson. Uh-huh. Um, in terms of like the billboard and the the building, but it 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 touted itself as a fine steakhouse and some sort of strip club. No, I, I feel like. We went to Atlanta and I was looking at places like places nearby, five star reviews or whatever restaurants. And I think some sort of like Omni Steakhouse. And we're like looking at making reservations when we were staying there one time. It's like it's in a strip club. So <laughs> actually, maybe we'll just go get tapas. You know? Yeah, it's fine. I don't need a steak. It's cool. It's cool. Um, actually, the judge who struck it down, coming back to Minx on Max, quitted Prost. <laughs> in, in striking down the law. Fair. Uh, in Vegas, this is very much like you were talking about from uh, True Crime and Cocktails. Okay. Yeah. Anything below the waist uncovered and uh, no booze. You got to bring your own in. But you can bring your own in. You can bring your own in or you can just go to a topless bar and, and buy whatever you want except for the Palomino Club. The Palomino Club has been in operation for so long that it is grandfathered in till at least 2025 in all of these regulations. So it is on the strip that is fully nude, like spread eagle, and you can buy whiskey. I I understand where they're coming from with being like bottom down or fully nude and alcohol. The things that get rowdy, but also too, I, I kind of agree with Lauren Ash and Christy Oxborough that like, Feels real weird to be a hundred percent sober, just staring at someone. Drinking a Red Bull and looking at twats just seems seems untoward. <laughs> I yeah, I think you need a little something. Every everybody needs a little something to take the edge off. <laughs> we will come back at the Palomino Club. 
Okay. Uh, it is Mob Ties, Murder for Hire. Of course it Playboy is. TV reality show, a spinoff of Gene Simmons' family jewels uh, that <laughs> is on Simmons Playboy TV. From Kiss. I cannot find – it looks like it's been scrubbed from existence. So if anybody has taped it off of Playboy TV back in the day, mail it to us, DM us, we will we'll figure it out. We'll get into the forbidden true crime. Uh, there will be a, a bonus episode on this at some point if I can find the materials. Okay. Murder for hire, taxi drivers bribed to drop people off at the wrong place, all sorts of I'm craziness. Intrigued. Yes, yes, yes. FBI sting operation G string. <laughs> yes. So yeah. <laughs> they thought they were so. Everyone laughed. I was like slapping backs. <laughs> so clever. But so yeah, uh, Atlanta, Portland, and Montreal. Anything goes. All right. No laws. Texas, Harris County. You must always have your name tag on. I'm sorry. That that I feel like that does. Uh, there's some challenges there i can't get my crew in a healthcare facility to remember their name tags what's your name tag going on <laughs> i mean magnetic one's not gonna work pen's not gonna work one of those clippy things isn't gonna uh, work no nope. ones nope no nope. i have to clip that on something you gotta clip it on something <laughs> feels like your options are out i mean like you can like maybe wear a bracelet with your name tag on it garter belt maybe or like a headband i mean i don't know a high heel i don't know seems like you'd be tripping over that stuff though <laughs> especially if one of the, like the ones for sure okay uh in ohio you cannot grope a stripper unless you're related you have to keep the pause that i just kept <laughs> I, re- I was really i'm hoping you're gonna give me something you can't you can't cut that one out <laughs> thinking about that real hard <laughs> yes, you cannot touch the uh, breast, buttocks, or uh, pubic area of a stripper if you are not related to them. What do they mean by that? It's actually spa- like marriage doesn't count. <laughs> you have to be related by blood. So you better be like brother, father, or son if you're going to grab a stripper's boobs. All this silence stays in. <laughs> uh, Washington State. You have to be at least six feet away from the nearest customer to be nude. It is 100% illegal to wear faux pubic hair. So no COVID, but they employed Monica to, or they said, no, Monica could not be a part of creating a faux Exactly, exactly. Like Merkin's not welcome in Washington. What? It's, it's cold and rainy there, so maybe they just assume ladies are going to have their own. I mean, that's just interesting. Like, either you would or you wouldn't. Like, why would you Seattle choose seems to, like, like, an early place where, like, ladies were waxing stuff off. And It seems like a place where ladies go oh natural. It definitely feels like, to me, the farther west you go and north you go, you get real natural. But, yeah, so, like, why would you choose to be, like, Tuesdays, it's full bush. Wednesdays, not. <laughs> well, apparently not. Apparently, you got you to gotta choose. You got to have a long-term play here. <laughs> Okay. Weird. Like, if you're waxing it off, you better be prepared to be on display un- until it grows back naturally. Like okay. Razor bumps and all. Got it. North Dakota. That's a weird one. Yes. Uh, all nipples must be sealed by enamel because of a public health ordinance that any woman of childbearing age has to have her nipples completely watertight sealed in case you might accidentally leak milk on a man or somebody around them it's not like not like pasties but like hermetically sealed like yeah like not areola's full on display but yes nipples have to be yes watertight so like you can't what, what happens if you're like wearing a bra it's underneath you have to have some sort Still of underneath you have to too if you're going to be in public and taking that bra off yes wow North Dakota. What? North Dakota? That's, that's. uh... Okay. North Dakota, you're up there with glass house stones and all that. We've got some weird laws here in Tennessee. Fair. But North Dakota, New Hampshire, you guys are fucking crazy. Right. Yeah. Hermetically sealed nipples and no seatbelts. It's disasters. All right. So uh, we did not talk about the French fries. 
We didn't talk about the French fries. We did talk about how gross she eats. And we did talk about how she overreacts to everything. And she aggressively like shoving shit in her mouth as well as just like storming off and throwing up. Being angry. and Slapping people and calling people bitches and whatever. So if I take you out to dinner, the first time I've met you, and I ask you where you're from, and you just take your French fries and just... (laughs) 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 Oh, did you want to move in together? Right. I mean... We have this incredibly empathetic person in Molly that makes no sense. She absolutely <laughs> makes the wrong call. I, I believe that for everyone but Gina Gershon. I'm not sure that I really believe that that's the case. But yes, uh, Molly make Molly makes all the wrong choices. Even the choices that don't seem like they have a wrong or right answer, they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Poor Molly. I, mean, I know. She's such a good person. Like I said, she's the only light in this film. I she's know. the only likable person. She's the only person who cares. She's working hard. She's trying to make a difference. She's trying to, ugh. It, it just punishes good people. I think that that's what this movie's about. Blockbuster would not carry this film rated NC-17. So what did they do? They cut it to get an R rating. What did that mean? I mean, it got all these boobs. They didn't cut any of the boobs. They just cut... The rape scene? Yeah. And we're able to get an R rating. I mean, it's brutal. It's brutal. and that, but- That's how... Ugh, I don't like that scene, and I don't like this movie, and I feel like the R-rated version might be better. The R-rated version, if it, it, it doesn't have that, it makes more sense. Like, if they're just, like... Tits out everywhere, like it's just crazy. Like that's what you you've signed in for. Yes. You signed in for tits everywhere, crazy people. They're volatile. They're making crazy decisions. They're all like trying to like jockey to be better on top of each other, like literally or figuratively. But the rape, yeah, the rape of this good person is just so out of left field, and I don't know what they're trying to accomplish or say or do. And so I, I kind of agree. Yes. If everyone who reviewed and said this is a master of camp watched the R-rated version, Hmm. for sure. I agree with that. The NC-17 version, the original vision, no, absolutely not. So if we're going to go with edits of this film, you were talking about the VH1 version that you watched? I I guess that's what I watched. Yes, they they used MS Paint to go in and paint on, like, (laughs) they painted on bras on Nomi. When she was still wearing clothes, because there are so <laughs> many nip slips that they had to go <laughs> in and paint on bras, even when she was wearing shirts. Interesting. That's, uh, I guess, Verhoeven disavowed any whatever of the, the VH1 version. So the artist who actually went in and airbrushed out all the nipples is the <laughs> director of the VH1 version credited. Oh, wow. Yes. That's really interesting. Well, you were talking about like how much work it would be to remove all the breasts from this movie. It's, and so, really, much... it's so much work. You get to claim credit wow, for making it. Wow, you get to be it. a director. <laughs> That's extreme. So I'm um, skipping back just a little bit. Imagine if all of the goddess numbers are history of film. So we've got okay. the big, you know, boom, volcano going out and everybody... Is that not – this is the one thing that you don't know me really kind of hit home that, okay, I get what's happening. That is straight out of the Ten Commandments. Okay. I, I, I get that. And then you've got, you know, all the ladies kind of in their fancy attire, very much out of like a Rodgers and Hammerstein film a little later. With, the, being with a white background. Mm. And, and then kind of later on, it's maybe more of like a stomp. You've got all the, the catwalks and the motorcycles and – it is very much like a history of, of American cinema kind of acted out. It's just they go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But so I didn't pick up on right it. the continuity of what we see. We we never see the show in its in entirety, its, which is true. That that maybe if we'd in seen itself, that in itself is a history of cinema. Yeah, there's so many movies that are about making the show. Mm-hmm. Maybe and when you see seen... the show, it's not the same as all the rehearsals that you've seen. Yeah. And we see two or three numbers more than once. Maybe we should have seen six or seven numbers acting towards something. Yeah, but I can see where that where that's coming from. So you want to talk about the James actor? Yes. His name is uh, Glenn Plummer. Okay. Uh, he 
probably major, most major roles are this, uh, Saw 2. He had a pretty good run on Suits. Oh. He actually reprises the character in Showgirls 2, Pennies from Heaven. Well, he's married to Hope. (laughs) Uh, He... His IMDb page says that he's mostly famous for being that black guy in things. Oh, no. IMDb, let's... Can we cut that out? I'm sorry. That's not a designation. That, can, can we... IMDb, come on, guys. I know that this is anybody... It's like Wikipedia. Anybody can edit it. And whoever keeps on editing me out of famous alumni from my high school, <laughs> can you just let it stand for a minute? That's a whole other thing. Th- th- that's not what we're talking about right now. But was I right? Is he the dude in Speed? Yes. Yes. So that is a thing. Okay, cool. Pole licking. Ugh. Uh, so Vanity Fair in 2005 has a uh, interview with, why can't I even remember her name? Elizabeth Berkeley. We've, call, we've called her Jesse Spano so much. <laughs> I know. With Elizabeth Berkeley. Vanity Fair article in 2005. What picture they show? Her licking the pole. Ugh. Playboy in 1995 when they have a article about this movie before it was even released and what's the what's on the cover like her licking the pole they keep a rag apparently in disinfectant so you can go and they don't show that but you can go and disinfect the pole in between routines that seems proper yeah absolutely i mean and i guess if you you can kind of do it erotically if you want (laughs) (laughs) i I guess the motion of disinfecting a pole with a dirty rag soaked in bleach is uh can be suggestive and yeah so uh those poles are probably clean even though they don't bother to show but honestly do you like do you want to be licking disinfected and bleach either (laughs) let's just just not not lick poles in general no okay i I think we're at impasse here fair fine So if I can uh, bring your attention. Oh, of course, the Vanity Fair article is also the article introducing Star Wars A Force Unleashed with Anne Leibovitz photography session. Interesting. I don't feel like we ever saw Ray in, in that kind of headband. I mean, we might have maybe like in the desert, but... Uh, her hair seemed much... Her Yeah, her... That was a huge trend, like her... Her hairstyle. Ponytail with all the different braid buns and stuff going on. If I were to show you the uh, peekaboo pole dancing kit that was in Target and Walmart in the children's toys. I'm sorry, what? It contains a pole, a DVD teaching pole dancing moves, a garter, and some fake $100 bills. In the the toy section? Yes. What the fuck? It apparently caused a bit of a stir. A bit? (laughs) What in the world do you have to send me... Yeah, I have to have that. We have to post that on social media. That's insane. So, yeah. So, that's the thing that happened. I guess it was not intended to be marketed towards children, but the, I'm the sorry. fake $100 bills. Fake $100 bills? Who? Who is this for? It was meant to be an athletic pole. Which... It's a fake $100 bill. You can have an athletic pole and do you, you put, like, um, grippy gloves. You put, like... Chafe guards, uh, that's what you put when you're doing an athletic pole situation. Uh, let's see. What else do I have? Uh, don't Google what is a bush <laughs> or how much pubes are required for a bush. I just would think any pubes are required for a bush. Ooh, that's You said that she had no bush. I did say that. And I said that she had some pubes. That counts. Okay, but I didn't, I didn't think she had any. I think she's just blonde. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I feel like they were there. I don't know. I didn't look that hard. <laughs> I mean, this is a showgirl review. You kind of think everybody's got everything in check. So speaking of pubes. Great. Yes. <laughs> but then I just have fucking Gwyneth Paltrow. We've already discussed that she's responsible for the pubic barbering trends. She revealed in... Tw- that since 2013, she hasn't touched it. So she's au natural since Completely au natural since 2013. But she's been the proponent for taking it all down. Uh, three years later, in 2016, her waxing place went bankrupt. And... <laughs> <laughs> the place that's kind of famous for being her waxing joint. Funny. 
so just looking into the whole pubic barbering trend, I found that uh, 83% of emergency department visits for penile injuries involve a razor. That makes sense. I mean, dudes seem to, I, I would think, this is just me speculating, that dudes are doing that on the fly. Mm-hmm. They don't do it regularly and they don't know what they're doing. And yes, that way accidents ensue. So if we're to believe this article, that was in a major medical journal. Okay. 22% involve scissors. Ugh. Okay. Doing some math. That's 105%. So 5% of, I wouldn't, no. of penile injuries involve both. <laughs> um, no, that, that's probably someone poorly categorizing. Um, I would imagine probably 80, what did it say, 82? Yeah, yeah. 82% involve, like, penile injuries involve barbering. I think that that's a poor breakdown of the stats. You, you think we're measuring, we're not measuring what we think we're measuring here? I, yes. Okay. So does so does the person that's uh, shaving. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, slightly less than two percent of all ER visits from two thousand two to two thousand ten involved pubic grooming. Okay, so let's 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 roll that back. You said eighty two percent. That's that's men shaving their pubes, and that like most penile injuries are are involve grooming. Okay. So slightly less than 2% of all emergency department visits in the United States from 2002 to 2010 involve pubic grooming. Okay. That's a lot. 2%? Slightly less than 2% of all emergency department visits in the United States for eight years involve pubic grooming. I guess, but I, how many? Falls. I'm sick. I have a cough. I got shot. I broke my arm. I broke a tooth. I have a concussion. Like, I mean, but still, like two percent. I mean, I guess yes. I guess that's a lot. You don't work in healthcare where I have people discharged from the ER constantly. True. I'm gonna have to reevaluate that. One in fifty of them had a ball waxing incident. <laughs> Moving on to the uh, choreographer. Mm-hmm. Her name is uh, Melissa Williams. She is a professional choreographer. I would imagine so. So I guess they just kind of like, hey, you play the choreographer in the movie. You're doing the choreography for the movie. You might as well do it. Oh, the the actress the, the that actress, plays. Yes. She's not I, really an actress. She's a choreographer. I We talked a little bit about that. I yeah. feel like I recognize her, though, from something I don't think else. you do. But I really feel like I do. I don't know who she looks like then. Well, I mean, unless do you watch um, So You Think You Can Dance Canada? No. Well, then you probably don't recognize her because she is then one of the main judges. she like someone else. Uh, last thing I'm going to go for, unless, I mean, we're running about an hour right now, so probably going to save a couple of just random things that I have that can fit in any episode. I guess two more things. Let's go with, must be weird not having anyone come on you. <laughs> okay. Reading a article very much, very much in support of this being what they call a masterpiece of shit. Like, not a masterpiece, but not a piece of shit, sort of somewhere in between. Okay. I'm just going to read this verbatim. Okay. Could a writer have sat down at a computer and typed out that line of dialogue? Or a director? Could a director have got an actor, Robert Davi, to deliver that line and deliver it so tenderly, wistfully, practically with tears in his eyes, as a kind of parental benediction to the stripper lap dancer, leaving the club to turn to topless chlorine? The sex worker version of going respectable. Oh, you're talking about Goonies? You're talking about Robert Davi guy, yeah. And when, when he and, and, he really and does. Ront, Ront Lady come to the, see the really show. They really do. I mean, I, I do, res- like, even though they have a tenuous relationship at the time, like. He is, he is really, like, proud of her. He is. He is. I, I totally get that. They're like, the, our little girl's done it. Robert Davi might be giving the performance of his career in this film. He could be. He could be. <laughs> it, it is weird. There, that's the only. I mean, Molly. I'm not even sure that Molly has tenderness for her. Molly has empathy and takes care of her. But like someone who's just like, like, look what you've done. Like, 
no one's proud of her in that same sort of way. No, I agree with that. I mean, it's he, a weird he, thing. Eternal benediction. I, I love that <laughs> phrase. <laughs> Um, from Playboy, I realized that lipstick nipples. It's a thing. Uh, Gina Gershon has lipstick on her nipples in the weird biker gang rape thing. Uh, she has lipstick and then rhinestones on the tips. Oh, okay. So I guess she's maybe starting to channel her uh, okay. her mentor. That was a little too subtle. I, I think so. I think so. I, re- I really still thought. it was really she- obvious and it was really red. It was so obvious and so red. I really thought it was some sort of poison and she was yes. going to kill him. <laughs> so I think we're going to end with how many fingers would fit in a standard 1995 suitcase. <laughs> okay. Land at me. I don't know. <laughs> so I've measured your major suitcase. Okay. Okay. So your suitcase is about 46 liters or so. Okay. Looking back to that arrow, it probably been a little more. I found a few. It's a little, yeah. They're like wider, but like more narrow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was on eBay looking at a few suitcases from the area and kind of just taking their dimensions and just getting about the idea of what their what their water displacement would be mm-hmm. it's you could do the measurements and, and do it in you know cubic inches or whatever but isn't this sexy y'all uh i did not i was not i was going to try to find some beakers and actually measure like the the water displacement of my own finger but i haven't had a day off so i haven't had a chance to do that so just going to JAMA and looking up some journal of american medical association and looking up some biometric charts i do find that the assumed Average, so we're making an assumption here. The assumed average uh, water displacement of a human finger is about 100 mLs. Okay. So that's about what the volume of a, of a human finger. So basically we could fit roughly 480 fingers. That's a lot. That's a lot of fingers. That's a lot of fingers. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I looked into buying rubber fingers from Party City or something. <laughs> to see, like, it, it was starting to get into... Near a thousand dollars. If anybody has rubber fingers in bulk, we've already proven that we are not good at making purchases for the the reason of a shtick. <laughs> we still need to paint our island. Yes, yes. Um. So yeah, no. <laughs> I just thought maybe. I mean, Southwest two bags fly free. So if we just take one bag full of rubber fingers, like what are they gonna? Th- you know, they're gonna X-ray that shit. Totally. I think we're gonna get pulled off the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that could be our main bag. Like, our second bag will be the. All right, babe, what else you got? I think that's it. All right, I think I'm going to save a few things. Uh, do you want to spoil it or a, a teaser, or do you want to just save it completely? Let's save it. Let's, okay. Let's uh, anticipate. Um, Actually, one more thing I want to say before we close. Okay. The cheetah. Yes. Is gone. I you, yes we did. Look I'm sorry, at that. I, I spoiled that for you. You, you did, you did. did, but not that long ago. No, like 2018. Oh, we just missed it. I know because we were. When were we there? I I. I feel like we were there in 2018. I don't know. So we missed our chance. We did apparently. I mean, I was on whatever, like looking up the peep show booth and showed you what the floor looked like. Y'all. <laughs> you. Were- I've never seen her almost gag in the back of a Range Rover being driven around by an Australian gay man to various uh, dive bars in North Vegas. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. I think we ended it right there. All right. Is that the uh, any better way to end? Ta-da! Ah. <laughs> All right. That's it. Wrapping up Showgirls and our... 50th episode 51st all wrapped in together um y'all it's been a ride thank you so much for being a part of it um let us know what you think uh we are we are going to be talking about little little bit of a a break um and talk about what were they thinking um and this is the start of year two yes it really is and so yeah, a little bit of a break from this. And we've talked a lot about every movie we've watched was off limits. It was forbidden. But there were some movies that we were allowed to watch that didn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> like, if we could see that, like, why couldn't we see that? Right. Like, they, the, the logic was completely flawed. So to bring it back to first episodes and, you know, the love of our life, we're going to be watching Speed. 
and talking about speed and the fact that I had the VHS of speed that I took on my eighth grade trip. I can't wait. I I don't want to. We should just stop. But like, this is a movie I haven't seen since the first weekend it was out on VHS. But like, you love it, and I just I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. So I love when you talk about it and get excited. <laughs> and I just cannot wait. So we're gonna be watching Speed. Watch along with us. Um, follow us on Forbidden Cinema on Instagram. Shoot us an email, Forbidden Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. If you are needing some e- extra content, you just find us hilarious. <laughs> um, you can check out Minx on Max Going Deeper, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify for both. Follow. They rate, just keep review. coming. I mean, week six now, we're loving it. Y'all, and if you need some 70s cocktails, you can check it out for some a little bit of mixology. But we get you can contact us for Forbidden Cinema podcast at gmail.com for both. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.